Good morning. <laughs> today is the 10th of the month, and one of today's five psalms is Psalm 40. And Psalm 40 is a testimony psalm. You can turn there if you'd like and, and, and read, as I, uh, read along as I read the first three verses. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. The psalmist there tells us that he was in a pit of destruction, a miry bog, but the Lord delivered him and changed him. And now he was going to tell others about that deliverance and about the God who did it. In today's service, we're going to hear the testimonies of some of the people in our church um, and hear them tell us of how God put their feet on the solid rock and put a song in their mouth. It's a baptism service, the scale of which we haven't seen for a long time. Eighteen people are going to be baptized this morning. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. God has done a great work, and he's working especially among our young people, and for that we praise him. At first we thought that we would just have you hear the stories of those who will be baptized in this service, but miss the testimonies of those baptized in the other service. But the more we thought about it, the, whole, the more we realized that this is an occasion for the whole church to witness and rejoice in. So this is how we're going to proceed. We'll have three times of baptizing in this service with worship and song and prayer between those three times. And in those baptism times, we will first show the video testimonies of those who will be baptized in the next service. And then those who are being baptized in this service will come into the water, will hear their stories, and they will be baptized. One of you, when I saw you this week and told you that we had so many people being baptized that we had to rearrange the whole service, you said, that's a victory. And indeed it is a victory. Men and women, young and old, it's surrendering to Jesus Christ. And it's worth changing our Sunday morning routine to celebrate and participate in this spiritual victory. In our, in our doctrinal statement, we describe baptism this way. <clears throat> Water baptism, the immersion of the believer, is a visible testimony to the work of regeneration and a mark of identification and union with Christ. It, is no, it has no saving or cleansing power, but it is the answer of a good conscience before God. Hence, it should be administered only to those who have, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, realized the forgiveness of sins and possessed the assurance of acceptance with God. Water baptism expresses in an outward manner the truth of Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, which says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. 
God unites us with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, which is symbolized in baptism when the person goes under the water and then comes up again. The old is gone. The new has come. We must understand, however, that the union with Christ that our baptism symbolizes is something that happens to us when we believe in Jesus Christ. It is proper that only believers are baptized. The widespread practice of baptizing infants has created confusion concerning the straightforward example and teaching of the New Testament about baptism. The baptism of a person follows his or her faith. It does not precede it. And so it is fitting for the one being baptized to be able to tell their story of how they came to believe in Jesus Christ. And it is fitting for us to hear it. So let us prepare our hearts for what God has for each of us this morning. We as leaders did not foresee this service, but we welcome it. This is of God. What does God want to do in your life as you witness this? Let's pray together. Father, we we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died and rose again for us. We thank you for what you have done in the lives of those who will be baptized this morning. And Lord, may it be that you're beginning a new work in which many more put their faith in your son and are baptized. Speak to us now as we witness these baptisms and hear their stories. Some of us here perhaps are discouraged or fearful or hurting. Others are rejoicing. But for all of us, we need you. That's why we're here this morning. We pray that you would do in our own hearts what you have designed for us this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been wonderful. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We began our, our time this morning with Psalm 40, and I invite you to turn to Psalm 40 right now. Um, I want to return there briefly and point your attention to a few details there. We, we stopped reading at verse 3. I want to pick up reading at verse 4. Um, so it's Psalm 40, verse 4. It says... I see some of you just still turning pages, so I'll wait just a second. Psalm 40, verse 4. <clears throat> it says, Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. Let me read it again. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. He, right here, he makes the point that happiness, real soul deep happiness, because that's what the word blessed means or blessed, that that happiness comes to those who trust in the Lord. They have thought it through and decided to put their confidence in God. They've done more than merely agree with the facts about God. They've taken the next step and decided to personally trust him. They could have decided not to trust him. Uh, The second part of verse 4 shows that there is an option to trust in yourself. 
that there is pride. You see that phrase there in verse 4, who does not turn to the proud. The proud one doesn't need God, thinks that he or she is good enough or able enough or that the whole idea of God is somehow manufactured and, and life can be lived without it. So in pride, that one doesn't trust in the Lord. <clears throat> and I might add, that soul-deep happiness always eludes them. Or, again, in the second part of verse 4, we, it shows us that believing untruth, uh, things that are not true, keeps a person off of Christ. You see that phrase that says, to those who go astray after a lie. There are all manner of lies out there. <laughs> uh, there's lies about God, lies about life, about our own hearts. We heard some of those lies expressed in the, in the testimonies to how people, before their eyes were open, had believed certain things that they realized when their eyes were open, they realized that they were wrong. They had been believing lies. Lies that tell us that we really aren't all that bad. Lies that say that although we've fallen short of God's holiness, he'll just ignore that. He'll ignore that in the end. Or lies that declare that it is really all on us. That it will be our striving and improving ourselves that will carry the day for us. But all these are revealed as lies because each one keeps us from trusting in the Lord. And as a consequence keeps that soul-deep happiness at a distance. The blessing doesn't come through trying. That's actually good news. Amen? <clears throat> that soul-deep happiness doesn't come through trying. That's what verse 6 is saying. Look at verse 6. It says, In sacrifice and offering... You have not delighted, speaking to God. God is not delighted. Now those sacrifices and offerings took effort. But the effort wasn't what God delighted in. Our efforts, though from one vantage point may seem commendable, are actually expressions of misplaced trust. Even when our efforts are religious, they're still saying that we're trusting in ourselves. But we can't save ourselves. And that's what verses 7 and 8 are telling us. Look there. Although the fuller, clearer meaning of those two verses are not seen until the New Testament, let me read them to you. It says, Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. In order to understand those, those verses, though, we've got to understand who's speaking. Uh, who is the I when he says, I have come? Uh, the this, this scroll of the book is written of me. I delight to do your will. Who is that I? Well, the New Testament picks this psalm up and quotes it and explains it. And we learn there that the I is Jesus Christ. And in Psalm 40, we hear Christ speaking to God the Father, telling him that he has come to earth to obey the will of the Father. And the will of the Father and the obedience of the Son resulted in the death of the Son. 
In Philippians 2.8, it says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So Christ's obedience to the will of the Father led him right there to the cross and his death. But his death is the spring of salvation for us. It was by obeying the Father all the way to the cross that our sin and our shortcomings are removed from us. In Romans 5.19 it says, So by the one man's obedience, that means Christ, by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Isn't it interesting that it's, it's, it's not by our obedience that we're made righteous. Amen? It's by Christ's obedience that we're made righteous. It's through his trying, his effort that we're saved. Not by our effort and by our trying. The blessing doesn't come through trying. The blessing comes through receiving. Receiving as a gift what the obedient one accomplished for us. In Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Man, that's a beautiful verse. We say that verse a lot. If you've been around church for a long time, you know, that's, you, you've heard that verse a lot. But can I read it to you again? For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What he did on the cross settles the accounts, our account with God. As, as, uh, I mean, were your, was your heart encouraged as you heard even some of these young people just expressing the truth about what Christ has done on the cross, that it's taken it away, it's made me clean. And he's taken that away and then he offers this gift, eternal life. Is, is ours. And it is a gift. It's not wages because we receive it. We don't earn it. So that's what all these people we have seen and heard today have been telling us. They've trusted the obedient one and received from him eternal life. And they've begun experiencing that soul deep happiness that each one of us longs for. Blessed is the one who makes the Lord his trust. I just want to ask you a question. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? Have you received eternal life? If you haven't, or if you're not sure, you can make sure today. Each of these stories we've heard, and and, uh, I know it's true in my own life, There was a time when I did not have eternal life. I had not received that gift. I had not put my personal faith in Jesus Christ. And there came a moment when my eyes were opened and God so worked in my heart that I did that. I trusted in Jesus Christ with my life and and life has been different since then. And I have the gift of eternal life. There was a moment when I didn't and the next moment I did. That moment could be yours this morning. 
And even right now in where you're sitting, you can just say yes to God and say, Oh God, I've heard it in so many different ways this morning and now I'm trusting you. Or if you uh, need someone to talk to, well then, then after the service is over, come and talk with one of us. We'll have some people up front that you can talk to or you can find me or one of the other pastors. We would love to listen to you and pray with you and walk with you as you seek to have eternal life.